and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It is the Brad and Brit cast. It is our first one. On bare minimum Monday, bare, it's a bare minimum, minimum Monday. Monday. <laughs> you, heard, you, heard, you heard this one? No, it's a, you give no effort at all. Well, yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah, here we go. Uh, it's not quiet quitting. Yeah. In fact, you don't hear quiet quitting very much anymore, right? That was 2022. <laughs> so yeah. long ago. Uh, it's not overemployed. It's the new workplace trend. One that seems to be equally parts embraced and ridiculed called Bare Minimum Mondays. This is according to Axios. It was coined by the creator on TikTok named Marissa Joe Mays as a way to ease the stress of a new work week by doing, yes, the bare minimum. You know, I'm just not sure how we got along without the wisdom of folks on TikTok to reveal eternal truths that we would have never known does this mean that the uh, we did it i don't does, know how we got here does this mean that the children working at mcdonald's are not going to try today or what, what, is, what does it mean exactly she says i would wake up on monday already feeling behind overwhelmed and anxious this feeling would only compound as the week continued she told cnbc yeah ms mays who is self-employed in other words doesn't have a job no that's not true if, if you're just doing TikTok and then you say you're self-employed, you don't have a job. You don't have a job. She sees the idea as the antidote to what she calls hustle culture and the stress it induces. And uh, uh, Britt, I'm not going to accuse you and, and you couldn't accuse me of yeah. working ourselves to death at any point in our life. But honest to God, this is just pathetic. Okay. <laughs> hustle culture hustle culture means showing up and trying and that's oppressive according to Talkspace, hustle culture is when a workplace environment places an intense focus on productivity ambition and success Ooh. with little regard for rest self-care or any sense of work-life balance boy brit you know we are we are of a of a previous generation because clearly those issues were never part of the equation. Uh-uh. Not at all. And uh, good for everybody today. Good, good for you. Yeah, what did it ever do for, for what did it ever do for us? What did it go in the extra mile? What the fuck? <laughs> for example, physical therapist Logan Lynch tells good morning America that she has stopped taking patients on Mondays. Good for you. I'm familiar with hustle culture and the grind and doing everything all the time. So to have a mindset, to have a Jesus Christ. Okay. It's Sunday night and you know, you got to get up and Monday is the start of the work week. What did everyone in the world do forever until hustle culture and bare minimum Mondays was invented? You sucked it up. You went in on Monday and you just did your goddamn job. (laughs) And just that's it. You kid, you stop it with yeah. your ship. If, 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 if. <laughs> she says it's a thing that young people created because we care about our mental health. <sighs> I never heard about work-life balance until just a few years ago. I never, I never knew anything about that. I think that was something that was created by the millennials. Feels like anyway. 
And good on them, by yeah, the that's way. That's been around before that, but but it, it's been institutionalized to the point where, as usual, everything gets overdone. The you know the the meter moves past the fifty percent mark, and then it becomes the be all and end all um, of your job. Okay, that's enough. The I'm just getting more and more Monday. But, you know. <laughs> We, we say we try extra hard on Thursday around here, but it's a joke. It's, it's really not real. Jesus God. It's not really true. It's a joke. All right. Here's the list. All right, go. Oh, by the way, uh, you know, Britt, bare minimum Mondays reminds me that there are four other days of the week. Did you know that? Would you like to hear what they could be called based on that? <laughs> sure. I'd love to hear that. Do you do you feel some comedy coming down the track? I do. I do feel some comedy. Yeah, there's tough shit Tuesdays. <laughs> it's it's a why am I here Wednesdays? I dare you to quit Thursday here at Rock ninety two. Well, no, it's thoroughly fed up Thursdays. Thoroughly fed up. And Fridays? Are you kidding? Okay, to get those in. Because yeah. <laughs> even though there's a writers' strike. Oh yeah. These were written before the writer's strike. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here's your list. Kennedy knows who killed Kennedy. Oh, boy. The Tipping Crisis, Part 24. Uh, guess who the new Republican loser is who is now a Florida man. Uh, Tapakina's closing defense of the indefensible. And Don Jr. versus Ann Coulter for the race for the stupid hat in May of 2024. Boy, that maybe uh, make it make it twenty twenty three. Make it this year. Make it right now. Uh, yeah, do that one first. <laughs> you want that? Okay. Yeah, do that one. All right. Let me close this sucker out and we'll get it up here. Here we go. Accusations that the Texas mall shooter Alan Texas on Saturday had neo Nazi links left Don Jr. and Ann Coulter in a tizzy in a tizzy because the guy who shot and killed eight people is Hispanic. Yeah. So Don Jr. says, here's his post. Because the name Mosorio Garcia screams white supremacy. Ha, 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 ha. And he posted that along with a puzzled face emoji. And Ann Coulter shared the same puzzlement over on Twitter. And her post says in capital letters media, then it says, Texas shooter is Mauricio Garcia, second generation immigrant and white supremacist. So we could have been spared this horror if only someone had told the shooter, Mauricio, you're not white. Garcia was wearing a patch on his chest at the time of the shooting that read RWDS, an abbreviation that stands for right wing death squad, according to reports. And he made hundreds of posts to social media espousing Nazi and white supremacist beliefs. This was all to throw off people like Ann Coulter and Don Jr. Because it really confounded them. Uh, I didn't hear them lose their shit last week when the uh, head of the Proud Boys, who's also Hispanic, right? That guy's Hispanic as Hispanic is, but he's a white supremacist. How does that happen? Well, you know what? They're equal opportunity haters. Here's if, what you, if, if you want to hear, yeah. here's what you could do if you're Donald Trump Jr. This is what you could do. You could lie and you could say, there is no room in my father's political movement for Nazis and white supremacists. And we 
absolutely disavow any of these people. Notice they never really said that. It's the strangest thing. They've never even lied and said that we don't like these people. If you are one of these people, fuck you. Don't vote for my father. We don't want your vote. Go crawl in the ground and die. That would be something they could say. Well, they never see, said that. That's already been covered by the phrase good people on both sides. Both sides. See, because that every time something happens, you just say, well, they're there are good and bad people because some people some people drive the car and hit people some people get hit by the car so it's the same it's a balance it's the same thing these people over here get hit by the car and they were just as bad for being in the spot where the car was going Mm -hmm. uh you know what let's let's talk for a second here about the the photographs i haven't seen them just read about them there were uh explicit photographs of the people killed in the mall in Texas on Saturday. They went up on Twitter really, really fast. And because uh, Elon Musk is a free speech guy all the way, they were not taken down. They stayed up. And they stayed up long enough. Apparently, they eventually were taken down. But they stayed up long enough for, you know, if they're up for 10 seconds, right, they're up forever and they get yeah. they get passed around. But these are the kinds of pictures that we never see after a mass shooting. And uh, when you hear that description of uh, one of the children that was shot and the guy is speaking, saying that he went in and he found them and he turned the kid over and the kid had no face. Right. That kind of tells you what these pictures probably look like. And uh, they came and they went and, there is a body of thought, and this has nothing to do with Elon Musk and uh, his supposed uh, devotion to to free speech. This has nothing to do with that. But that, I guess, after uh, Sandy Hook, they took about 4,500 pictures of what was seen in there. We've never seen any of them. And for a moment, and then it goes away. I think, well, maybe that would do something to grab the attention of people who think this is a this is about the Second Amendment and about some right to uh, carry war level weapons around, brandish them and just shoot people when you've had a bad day or when you don't like certain people, you just go out and do it. You should have to see we should all have to see. Uh, what what happened all right so the question is should we see these pictures or not what's the should argument against, there what's the argument against is it a violation of the family's rights and stuff like that is that what well, that's the argument certainly, against that would certainly be part of it um because I hope, I hope it's not propriety and obscenity i hope it's like uh we can't well, of have course this it is. i hope that's not really a true really? argument someone wants well, to make but, but think about this and you know that's explicit up close and personal kind of photography Mm-hmm. We barely ever, ever see the planes on 9-11 going into the World Trade Center because that's considered to be too gruesome. And remember, you know, that's that's video that's taken from a mile away. You don't really see mm-hmm. anybody individually. It's, you know, it's, it's a horrible thing. But if we can't handle that, then I can't imagine that 
we would ever cross over into the idea of of showing victims of these weapons of war that essentially are like uh, you know putting your hand into a, a, a meat grinder and seeing what comes out the other side. That's what you look like if you if you're still if you're still there, if you're not splattered all over the place because of what these guns do. Um, I don't have any issue with any of the pictures being shown. I don't have any picture at all. The picture, the problem right. is not how that makes someone feel. The problem is that this continues right. to be a problem. Right. And if it, you don't it, want the picture shown, fucking do something about the problem. Right. But here, here's the, the problem with, with showing them. This, I feel, and everything, of course, gets back to Trump. The worse he is, the, the, the more horrible things he does, the more people support him in yeah. his core group. And, you know, this kind of, you'd call it, I don't know, violence porn is what it would be because it would be, look, we, we don't even want to say the names. Remember what, how long did that last? That lasted about six months. We don't want to say the name of of the person who did the shooting. Remember that one? They were going to try that one for a while because that's what they want. But clearly that's, that's not the problem. Clearly publicizing these people and making them famous is not, that's not the problem. Right. But I'm just uh, I'm just afraid that showing this would be something and it doesn't have to appeal to a lot of people. But for some people, this would be the greatest, coolest thing ever. If it spurs if it spurs anybody to do anything about the problem, then I'm for it. And I think I'll take the risk as far as uh, you desensitize yourself to the violence. I don't think you would be. I, I, I take the, I, I, it has to be done. And you cannot make a legitimate argument that those pictures cannot be shown. You just can't. Oh, it's too obscene. It's too upsetting. You know what's fucking upsetting? Losing your kid and having to like swab your cheek because your kid got turned into meat in Uvalde. But that's what's upsetting. All right, Brent, I want you to uh, take that eight o'clock slot on Fox News now and argue about how obscene it is that the gun grabbers are using the deaths of these people to advance their yeah. agenda against right. the Second Amendment because that's what they would do. Yeah, they they would take that it needs to be banned. Absolutely. They, that, that's absolutely they need. Yeah. We don't need to see these pictures. We know what a dead body looks like. Right. Yeah. N- well, no, we don't um, because they have dead bodies in Men in Black or, or movies like that. That's sure. not what it really looks like. Sure. No, it's it's much uglier. It's much worse. And when you see a child, yeah. six, seven, eight years old, murdered and turned into just muscle and sinew right there on the ground, yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with seeing this at all. That's not the problem problem is the fucking guns until you figure that out then shut up i mean that's that's that is the problem period full stop all right and i wonder if mr free speech is going to try to crack down on it in the future is he we must have a policy or something going forward because hey i got news for you there's going to be another mass shooting in this country Got news for you. It's going to happen again. Got you don't news know for that. You. No, you do not know that. <laughs> There's going to be pictures. You can't prove be that. There. So let's formulate some sort of policy. Okay, if you're so sure there's going to be another one, tell me when. Let's get it. Well, in an yeah. hour. Yeah. Uh, Mr. I can't get my dick out of Bill Maher's mouth. Why don't you formulate a policy, Mr. Genius Billionaire, and tell us what you're going to do next time. Because there will be a next time. Figure it out. You're the genius. Well, in case you haven't noticed, in the uh, year or so that he's owned Twitter, he's done more 180-degree turns than Dale Earnhardt after he go around the track and do wheelies after he won. He just go. Because guess what? This is a huge secret. 
he doesn't stand for anything. No. He stands for him. That's it. There's no great grand policy idea. There's no, oh, it's free speech. And I believe in the, I believe in the power of the marketplace. No, shut up. He doesn't believe in any of that shit. He believes in him. And if at eight o'clock he feels this way about it, at nine o'clock he can change his mind, go right back mm-hmm. around. All right. Uh, Kennedy knows who killed Kennedy. The tipping crisis, part 24. Guess who the new Republican loser is the new Florida man. And uh, Tapakina's closing defense of the indefensible with, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to do this, but it's a good clip, Howard Stern. Oh, the great Howard Stern. Uh, let me do a, let's do the tipping crisis. Always a popular topic on any radio show, any format whatsoever. You can well, always this, do that and go. Nuts. Yeah, this is a, this is kind of a, a more modern version of it. And it, it has to do with the fact that at self checkout counters, no matter where you go now, when you buy something, even if you're picking it up yourself, the screen will say, tip you know 10 percent, 18 percent, 20 you know you know and uh people are fed up they feel like they're being guilted into tipping and it just occurred to me this is bef- before i read this yesterday it was over the weekend i was picking up some uh chinese food ah good and the bill was i think 51 dollars or something did you go um did you go chinese food on cinco de mayo uh, that's what we did that was friday oh yeah it was yeah because i wouldn't get caught dead in a, in a mexican restaurant on, on uh, cinco de mayo holy shit yeah. that's amateur hour yeah uh and i without even thinking and the place had a few people sitting in there wasn't really packed and i i tipped them on eight bucks or something like that and i went and i read this and i go why did i tip them you know, I didn't get any, I wasn't sitting at the table. They didn't serve me. That's the price of the food. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the issue here. Mm-hmm. And the folks who own restaurants and other businesses, they love this because this is a way to uh, pay their employees more without paying their employees more. <laughs> it just gets them out from underneath. Of what they're doing, whether you're at a stadium, whether you're buying coffee, um, we already have enough of these tips, and they're everywhere. They are everywhere. Uh, you buy a bag of potato chips at the airport, which will be you know four dollars for Easy. you know a two ounce thing, right? right. And they'll have a tip thing on there. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Who's who's getting tipped? And you know what? This has got. To stop. And if Joe Biden doesn't get out in front of this, I don't think he has a chance. I think he's dead meat. He's got to have this on his list of things. Did you see the, the I think Daily Beast was running this story that Joe Biden is trying to get him to have a better diet so that he can run for 2024 because he just eats cookies and cake and shit. And she's trying, she's trying to get because he loves ice cream and she's trying to get him to like slow down and he'll sneak away and grab some cake or something like that. That's a real story at the top of Daily Beast. Well, wait a minute. Hold it. Wait a minute. Something something upside down there. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, who's the fat slob that's uh, running for president right now? Exactly. Who has, the, who has the worst diet in the history of diets that we know of? It's Trump. And who is, by all measures, in pretty damn good shape, pretty good condition? He is great. Oh, no, he doesn't walk as good as he used to. His gait, his gait is stiff now. That's the new thing. He, he's he stiff bikes for miles, gait. and if he's eating that cake and shit like that and able to look like he does, holy cow, he must be burning off some calories somehow. Well, I heard uh, Warren Buffett, the guy's 93, Yeah, Warren Buffett say that, you know, he eats Coca-Cola, yeah, uh, McDonald's, cookies, whatever he wants. He says, I eat like an eight-year-old. I've always eaten like an eight-year-old ever since I was eight and I like it. Now, yeah, that's not a recommendation. You know, some up? people are lucky. It doesn't affect them. Other people, it it does. Um, Joe Biden's made it to, to 80 eating the way that he does. So, well, Don't you think that's because people care about, like his family cares about Joe Biden. They're like, oh man, we want you to do like, and like Trump's family wants him to die. So, like, another Big Mac? Can, can I get you a Big Mac for dessert? And they're just trying to see him keel over and have a grabber. Wouldn't you love to know if he's ever gotten delivery of fast food to Mar-a-Lago? Wouldn't know. you? That reminds me of a story. Like, uh, one of the times Marlon Brando was in one of these fat camps, and they had him at, like, some compound, and he paid somebody to throw Big Macs or Whoppers or whatever it was over the over the fence. They would, like, lob the things over the fence, too. Yeah, we're going to be throwing orange slices at Cesar Romero's ass here in a second. Stop it. <laughs> Richard Pryor. Oh, sorry, it's a little, little inside joke. Yeah. Oh, and, since we're on that, we might as well continue with down Howard Stern Boulevard since we're already headed that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, let's uh, tell you what Joe Tapacino, oh. the uh, great attorney, said in court on Monday in the closing argument in an attempt to defend the indefensible trump who had his ass kicked again over the weekend by the judge because it was what thursday or friday i can't remember which day that trump was suddenly out there just i'm gonna show up there i'm coming there i'm flying back from europe and i'm gonna come in there and i'm gonna take it to everybody in court and the judge said well that's fine you come and do that and uh you just have to tell us by five o'clock sunday afternoon yeah. And shockingly, not a word was ever heard again. Well, he was, about he had a that. busy meeting with the live golf people. Wasn't wasn't Taco Pina's literal argument in court like, Judge, you can see what I'm working with here, right? Wasn't <laughs> it that should have been? But I think that was literally than what he did. I think literally he's pleading, Judge, you gotta you gotta work with me here. You gotta see what I'm dealing with. Here's his uh, argument. Ms. Carroll has abused the system. She brought a case for money and victimized real rape victims, exploiting their pain and suffering. This is another version of they're not coming for me. They're coming for you. I'm just in the way. Yeah. And thank God we you're cannot, so fat because you're in the way. Right. We cannot let her profit from her abuse of this process. This is so rich. Here's a guy who has abused the American legal system and cut every corner. And cheated every way that he's been able to for more than 50 years. And in the moment of truth, he gets some guy up there to 
claim that real rape victims are so, so offended by right. E. Jean Carroll telling what really appears to be a very, very truthful story of what happened to her 30 years ago. And Brad, who knows more about rape victims? Who's done more for rape victims in his entire life than Donald John Trump Sr.? Well, yeah. How do you prove a negative? Tapacino complained. If Donald Trump had come to testify, what could I have asked him about some unknown date? This is a civil case. They could have called Donald Trump, but they, the plaintiffs, they didn't. They just want you to hate him enough. Wow. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> I, you really... If Taco Pino wasn't just such a massive asshole, you would kind of feel sorry for him. But it's kind of also great to see him suffer in real time. Yeah. Because <laughs> you volunteered for this. All right. Here's, uh, here's Howard's take on the the deposition that we saw that was made public. Mm -hmm. Was that on a Thursday or Friday? And right. uh, you, you almost couldn't believe that you were not seeing an artificial intelligence version of what could be the worst inhuman response to something ever here we go i still again i know you're gonna bash me for this some of you in the audience i know there are still trumpies out there trumpies. after you watch that deposition like i don't know if you've ever been deposed i have you kind of know to just answer honestly and minimally and they tell that the trump's got lawyers and the lawyers probably said hey trump just answer the fucking question. Don't elaborate. Yes or no answers. And he's, I mean, he wants to be perceived as a smart guy. He fucked up that deposition so bad. They'll probably, I think the jury's going to find him to be a rapist. That's what I think. I mean, he fucked that thing. So, so, so the, 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 the lawyer goes, it's a slam dunk what you say. The lawyer goes, Hey, didn't you say on the Access Hollywood tape that um, you can grab girls by the pussy? He goes, yes, I said that. Okay, it's honest. He goes, but as soon as he says, but, you know. You should, his lawyer should grab some tape. And right, and slap it over his mouth. He goes, but, he goes, well, uh, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, stars can grab people. That's the way it's been for a million years. First of all, a million years. There haven't been movies for a million years. You know, there haven't been Genghis stars Khan, for a million years. You know, a million years stars, ago, there were cavemen. Yes. Secondly, fortunately or unfortunately, you don't say fortunately if someone's being raped. Who's it fortunate for? I guess for the rapist. And, yes, maybe that's his point. Some people do it. Not everybody does it, but some people do it. But if I'm a lawyer... I'm like, I just told him to shut his fucking mouth. <laughs> I just had a conversation with the guy. I mean, what's he doing? I really think that's kind of it there. I really think that like either it was some deposition or something I was reading. The Taco Pino really did make the argument. Judge, you can see what I'm working with here. He, li he literally said that. <laughs> like, Judge, work with me. Look what I'm working with. I know this isn't the exact definition of throwing yourself on the mercy of the court, but look how stupid my fucking client is, sir. Please cut me just the slightest amount of slack. Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. Did you did you ever think 
I know I'm thinking it, that it works until it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Right? You get away with it until you don't get away with it anymore. And I'm I'm thinking somebody had a I can't remember I can't remember what column I read this in o- over the weekend. And this is uh this is such a great explanation as to how Trump works as it relates to Don Corleone and and the Godfather. Um, there's a scene fairly early on. I think this is in the first movie. I don't think it's in two. I think it's in one. And uh, a guy in the neighborhood, um, somebody's harassing his wife or, or, or bugging him, and he goes to Don Corleone. Obviously, it's the first one. Okay. Because it's De Niro, <laughs> right? That's yeah. when De Niro's playing. No, 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 no. This is this is with Don Corleone. This is with, with Marlon Brando. With and he says, he says, Godfather, he's down on his knees. He says, Godfather, you've got to help me. This guy is, is harassing me. He's making yeah. my life miserable. Can you do oh, yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And Don Corleone says, you... You, you should be embarrassed. You should be embarrassed. You don't have to pay me to do anything. Don't, don't do that. What do you need done? I'll get it done for you. You don't, you owe me nothing for this. You owe me nothing for this, except somewhere in the future. Yes. If I need something. And of course the guy agrees to it. And you know, they, they go after this person and beat the shit out of him or kill him or, or right. whatever but that's trump that's how he works that's how he works well if things are so bad for donald john trump explain this shock poll yeah abc washington post trump up seven points over biden this was uh the real cause celeb on on set on sunday on all the the shows yeah. well obviously you know you, you don't want to have a poll like that but i'll i'll just say this because uh and I know I'm going to be the first person nobody's ever thought of. This. You know, it's pretty early in the process. Wait a minute. Yeah, I thought of that. Wait a minute. But but here's the here's the point. People are reacting, I guess, in these polls, um, based on what they think is uh, the worst economy, you know, since the earth cooled. Uh, there's massive unemployment. There are people pouring over the border. Life is horrible. There are mass shootings, and they're they're all the result of Joe Biden, and uh, they get to blame him. And and but here's what amazes me: Who are these people? Who are these people? Who no? Even if Joe Biden was a a a disabled vegetable, mm-hmm. decided you know all that that stuff about Trump and that overthrowing the government and, and the rest of that. I can put that aside. He's got my support. Who, who are these people? And so that's why I, I question this poll. I question the people in the United States, if there's some reality to it. And this is one of those, if the election were held today kind of things, and it usually doesn't mean anything because there, there is no campaign and Trump has not been yet indicted for, for bigger things, which if they don't get off the dime here soon, if Jack Smith doesn't get off his ass and quit coming up with new things to investigate, which elongates the calendar, it will be, it will be too late. And the irony of that will be, remember what the 
fake defense of Trump is right now that this is a witch hunt and it's all political. And then in the very end, Trump would get away with it if Jack Smith can't get his act together and have a cogent case and bring charges soon enough because of why? The politics of it being too close to the election cycle. So I guess then the same people were saying that everything that Trump has ever been accused of is just a political vendetta, but it would be politics that would save Trump. Well, and, they're, and the media is trying to, once again, the media is trying to cover this like a horse race, and they're ignoring that one guy is about to go to jail. Like on about four different fronts, this guy's about to go to jail. Well, Britt, we don't have a, how should we say, a lot of foresight in the United States. We can only, we can only see what's uh, right in front of our nose, and no one yeah. can look to to next week or. You got Joe Biden. Who is pres- Joe Biden is presiding over the highest unemployment rate we've ever had among black people, and we're. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the lowest unemployment rate we've ever had among African Americans in the history of measurement of unemployment. Doesn't it, matter. Again, doesn't matter. No, that it matters. doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter that Trump's about to be uh, he's about to go down for rape, and also uh, the thing in Georgia, election fraud. Doesn't matter. Documents doesn't matter. Very simple. Biden's too old. Trump's strong. That's all you got. We're we're, we're back to that. By the way, we're, John the Catholic, cleaning up your uh, Godfather analogy. It's Bonacera was the funeral owner. He was his daughter that was beaten up. <laughs> yes. The favor that was eventually paid back was that. Sonny could uh, be presentable because he was a funeral home director. Yeah. Because Sonny did not have easy pass. And that is why Sonny Ooh. had to die. Oh. If Sonny had only had easy pass, this all could have been avoided. But John, the Catholic uh, uh, getting in the way of my pathetically told story with some facts. But I always, can't have that. But my favorite one, of course, is the one where he slaps the guy. You could be a man! And he slaps the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> my career! <laughs> oh, this is you could be a man! Yeah. Slaps the fuck out of him. Uh, new Florida man. Oh, you won't believe this. Uh, yeah, this is, this is too pathetic. It's too pathetic. Should I tell you right at the top here? Or should I play the game that they do on TV. And by the way, uh, I'm demanding, I'm demanding that the uh, people who run cable TV stop with someone saying, and later in the show, we have an important person to talk about X. As if by saying that, I want to stay tuned. If you said, uh, well, we have uh, the prosecutor who took down John Gotti blah, 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 and, and named that person. Do they think I wouldn't stay tuned in? But you think I'm going to stay tuned in by a nebulous, pointless, general... Oh, we have a great person coming up in the next 20 minutes. Stay there. Yeah. What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? I'm sorry. Off on a tangent. Here we go. It's... Dr. Oz trying to rebrand himself after getting his ass kicked by John Fetterman. And so where is he going? Well, he's not going back to New Jersey. No. And considering that Dr. Oz owns, you want to play a high-low on how many houses he has? I'll say five. Oh, too low. Oh, man. How many? 
it's double digits. So take another run in. Twelve. Uh, let's put it this way: if he had a golf course, there would be one home on every hole. God Almighty! Eighteen houses. Eighteen. Can you? Homes. I mean, honestly, even as like an extremely wealthy person, can you imagine paying just property tax on eighteen different houses? Well, Britt, if you have enough money to yeah. uh, own 18 houses, you have enough money, assumedly, to pay the property tax. And I, he's got a 10-bedroom historic beachfront mansion in Paloma Beach. Don't you think after about 12, you go, eh, I don't know. Oh, look at that one. I'll take it. I mean, do, don't you? I mean, seriously. But I, I can't even begin to relate because, <laughs> you know what? I have enough trouble with one. One? These you know, people that have two, I go, I'm like, how do you fucking I have had, two? I had to have a goddamn plumber here on Friday because oh, we discovered a, a, a leak in the, the kitchen that was dripping down below the floor again. And were, uh, we caught it in Oz, time. We caught it in time. If you were Oz, you can just have like your assistant take care of that. Yeah. All right. This is uh, 18,559 square feet, valued at more than $36 million. And um, looks like he's doubled his money on that one. Anyway, Dr. Oz is telling a Democratic operative that he actually only owns two houses. So somewhere between two and 18 is the actual number. But in a 2018 issue of Boca Raton magazine, Oz called that one our house and said it's like a playground to me in many ways, Palm Beach is. And so the question is, why didn't Oz run for Senate in Florida at the time? Because remember, he didn't own anything in Pennsylvania. Didn't he live with his parents or something like that yeah, to establish some kind of fake residency? He certainly had more ties to Jersey than he had to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, this house is 11 minutes north of Mar-a-Lago or a four-mile walk down the beach. So will Dr. Oz stay in Florida and besmirch that state stay tuned dr oz licking the wounds of defeat at the hands of john fetterman the newest florida man isn't that nice isn't that wild that's, that's all florida needs yeah. and we wish him the best we wish mm. him well heat against the knicks game four tonight it's a huge one brad man. in the eastern conference semifinals in the nba playoffs yeah i think it's uh i think it's it's over for the Knicks. They had their, I, yeah. they had their run. Well, well so. you know that, that that sure surely that's what Disney was salivating for was the the dream New York Knicks against either the Lakers or the Golden State Warriors, and that's just not going to happen, right? Uh, Celtics Lakers would be huge. So it it's, it's, always is. It's always a big deal. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be New York. Uh, Kennedy New York. knows who killed Kennedy. Yes, he does. Yes, he does, and of course. I'm speaking of uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yeah. He says it was definitely the CIA that killed his uncle, President Kennedy, saying it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. He made the bombshell accusation about a murder that's uh, sparked many conspiracy theories. Appearing on WABC in New York on Sunday. There's overwhelming evidence that the CIA was involved in my uncle's murder. It's beyond a reasonable doubt. Evidence is overwhelming. And, of course, there was the cover-up. There was the cover-up. 
the uh, CIA, for some reason, did not respond to RFK Jr.'s yeah. assertion. They had nothing to say <laughs> about it. Your uncle is dead. Your father is dead. I wish I was dead. Yes, we all that do. State, that's the statement from the CIA. That's a, That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right. Uh, we covered it. We got it done. Um, bare minimum Monday is over. Bare, bare minimum Monday. We did what we needed to do. We got through it. Uh, tomorrow is tough shit Tuesday. 